Hello everyone and welcome to another Rowdy Buddhist. Uh, it's nice to be again here with everyone. I hope everyone's practice and study is going well. Today I wanted to talk about something that most Western Buddhists may not be aware of, but today I wanted to talk about a specific holiday that we observe called Guru Purnima. And uh, this concept of uh, this tradition, this history, is that on this day, during this time, which is, as I stated before, uh, Obon is the summer solstice, and it's the first moon after the summer solstice, which is seen as the brightest and the most uh, strongest moon. So as we could see last night, it was amazingly beautiful. And during this time, uh, Buddhists, especially in the Southwest and in India, uh, practiced this tradition as uh, the day that the Buddha gave his first teaching or turned the wheel of the Dharma and taught after his awakening. And it's interesting because, again, like most of our traditions, uh, the other spiritual traditions of India also hold this day as a very important day. Uh, each of them, of course, uh, attributing it to one of their founders. So I want to go through the word here. So the first word is the especially guru. Guru is kind of a loaded word, especially in the West. But gu means darkness. And du means to uh, expiate or remove darkness. So one who removes darkness of ignorance. That is what one's guru becomes. So usually when we think of guru, we think of uh, the Beatles uh, going to study with uh, the Maharishi in India, etc. And so this has, of course, uh, through many scandals and issues, become a very loaded word. But it's very important to understand what the, the premise is because the Buddha is definitely our guru, our teacher. Uh, which is during this time is marked with specific events to uh, honor one's teachers, one's lineage. So uh, also in other traditions such as um, Hinduism, they uh, worship uh, particular gurus that are uh, born of this day or the idea of Shiva. And uh, therefore, this day has been is a, is a significant day, and the reason why is because also the reason why we use the lunar calendar and why I've been sharing it with people is because the moon is seen as a satellite. Somebody has said a satellite, one of the guru, but uh, like a magnification uh, glass, I would say it is. So during the time, the full moon actually um, in uh, this year, 2021, uh, this tradition begins on the 23rd, which was yesterday, which is the full moon, and ends actually in this morning uh, on the 24th. Now the 24th, July 24th, is usually the day um, that people celebrate uh, this tradition, this practice, but actually it has to be in correlation with the full moon uh, and especially uh, the moon that they have, it's called, the, I believe in the West it's called the horn moon uh, because it's the idea of the 
the antlers of the deers begin to grow or something of that sort uh, from what I remember so it's a very specific time of the day that this practice begins and ends so it begins uh, in the morning 10:43 a.m. on yesterday July 23rd and it ends this morning at 8:06 a.m. on July 24th but again uh, we also observe in our tradition the Doku Sainichi, so the six days of holiday uh, in which we uh, wear white, uh, we focus on our practice, observe the precepts of the meditator, etc., and, um, and deepen our practice. And, and as I go back to the idea of why do we pick these particular days, it's not just somebody thought this was a good day, just like as we think, again, we have to get out of our western mind where we have a holiday on the calendar but actually um, during this time period it's, it's specifically according to the moon because the moon as I said is like a magnification glass so therefore it's said that whatever your demeanor is it's magnified so we've heard in the west that oh there must be a full moon out because all the crazies are out my mother says that all the time or the crazy drivers etc and there's absolute truth to this uh, in the sense that we are uh, made up of the five elements our body our consciousness everything is made up of the five elements and therefore we are um, part of that and so therefore there's not any way that we cannot be affected uh, directly by uh, our environment. That's one of the aspects of Ichin and Sanzen too, is that the environment is part of it. Not just other people, not just ourselves, but the environment. And so therefore, whatever we, whatever is our base emotion, it will be magnified. So if you're a very angry, uh, negative person, that will be magnified. Or if you have some uh, mental distress or troubles, that will be magnified. So that's the reason why we uh, focus on, uh, as we say, uh, positive actions or positive uh, behaviors in order to change or supplement that, to, to be able to grow out of that, to grow emotionally, spiritually, etc. That's the concept of Buddhism, uh, is to grow uh, emotionally, uh, to an emotional maturity, to an emotional uh, awareness of others and self and also on, on this day that people usually offer prayers go to temples to monasteries chant sutras and prayers for their teachers or the gurus the one that remove the darkness from their life also you'll see many times uh, because the buddha is seen as our light that lights up darkness it will be also uh, symbolized by uh, lights so therefore, as we think about the day that we celebrate the Buddha's enlightenment, we also use the, the, Buddha, the Buddha's uh, the, um, candle in order to show this concept of guru to alleviate the darkness. So therefore, we usually offer uh, lamps. So I have offered uh, special lamps uh, made from special oil uh, to the Buddha. And it is important during this time so most people focus on the idea of eating sattvic food what is sattvic food well there are actually three types of food and this comes back to the concept of ayurvedic tradition which of course these traditions were part of the buddha's culture and became part of buddhism but yet as in the west uh, we're not 
fully aware of all of these teachings. But there are thing, two, uh, three kinds of, uh, how do you say, energies of food. Okay, one is uh, uh, you have the idea of tamasic, rajistic, and sattvic. And uh, of course, tamasic is the lowest uh, kind of food, so it has no energy. So that would be deep fried food, even though it tastes good. Uh, there is no nutrition, no energy. So therefore, uh, the kind of nature is heavy. And then the next is the rajistic food, which is actually uh, not perfectly uh, healthy, but it provides some nutrition. But also, it's important. This also in this in this uh, category is also meat. So meat uh, provides energy, but of course, the important thing to think about with these foods is that the purpose of this kind of diets or to be aware of these things is that our main goal is to enter into enlightenment, to enter into samadhi. And so therefore, the sattvic being the third one are the very light natural foods, easy to digest. Uh, lightness doesn't make one heavy, doesn't make one sleepy. So as you can see, it has to do with the purpose of practicing meditation. So if we eat uh, the lowest, uh, and the, again, they use the example of a pond. So uh, if you were able to not see the bottom of the pond, uh, that would be tamasic food. And then if you can see just a little bit below the water, that is rajistic food. And then if you can see all the way to the bottom, uh, that would be sattvic. So the kind of purity law or practice for eating uh, so during these days, we take the, the precepts of the meditator, of the practitioner, of the, of the renunciant, and we follow them deeply. And, and that means that we uh, dedicate ourselves uh, during that time. And so therefore, what we eat, how we sleep, how we uh, exercise, all have a deep impact in our meditation, such as I've spoken before about the five regulations. A lot of times people don't understand these types of uh, considerations when they want to study and practice. So therefore their practice is very slow, sometimes challenging. But again, the Buddha's point was to allow us, as it says in chapter 16, to attain enlightenment quickly and efficiently. That is really is essential because... Uh, the Buddha wants us to become awakened. The Buddha wants us to uh, become uh, full, fully developed uh, emotional beings uh, with the basis of enlightenment or awakening in which we can not only fulfill our life but fulfill the lives and support others, which is the essential nature of Buddhism. So... Of course, that's why Buddhism is based on the lunar calendar. As I explained before, you know, a lot of these traditions were adopted um, by the Buddha. And that, that was one of his decisions, such as the six days of observation uh, holiday, Rokusai Nichi, or as they say, Uposata days. Um, these are days that were observed by the Jains and other traditions. And King Bimbasara uh, asked the Buddha for a practice for lay people uh, that, that, that they too could become, uh, even though they had left, lived regular lives uh, as Buddhists, that Buddhism could grow, could prosper, and that they could attain the 
awakening as the monks, uh, even though they were householders, they had families and that. And that's another important thing about the diet that I just said about the three types of food. Most people sometimes we have this, and this is where ignorance comes in. People try to take one aspect of the renunciant's life or the meditator's life and apply it. But again, anything done, and this is the idea of skillful means or the idea of uh, awareness, mindfulness, awakening, that if we are to take something good and apply it inappropriately, it can hinder us. Such as people who uh, take such diets, uh, severe diets, uh, such as veganism or vegetarianism. Doesn't mean you can't do that. First of all, you have to know how to do it properly. Second of all, you have to know your body type, what kind of person you are. That is difficult for some people. And third, what is the purpose? What What is your practice about? So one time I had to say to one of my disciples, he, had, he was on a very strict diet, but yet he had many children uh, and then also family, work, uh, study, etc. You cannot do that because if you look at the sattvic, uh, food, being vegetarian, vegan, uh, nuts, grains, etc. The meditator is not moving a lot, not making a lot of energy, so therefore the food is different. But yet, if you're a householder, you have to go to work, you have to eat. And uh, I saw this person suffering because it was the inappropriate way of eating. And they might have some pride or idea, this is the right way, since it is wrong. But actually, that's not the Buddhism. Buddhism is in the idea of using the common sense, uh, the awareness. That, that's why we're ignorant. So we always take extremism. And so therefore it's very important in these days that we have the person to awaken or clear our darkness of our mind. Not just our emotions, but our mind that we're able to see what is proper uh, and what is not because we may be harming ourselves. We may be harming our practice. And again, the Buddha doesn't want you to do that. Because the Buddha doesn't see, you know, when we think of virtue and all of this, uh, we talk about virtue signaling now, right? How virtuous people are because they have a specific diet or because they do a specific practice. Those are not the most important things. Those things are just expedients to attaining enlightenment, to attaining uh, samadhi oneness of mind but we get stuck in the uh, image in the uh, little things you may say well that's a big thing oh no no actually a little thing because everything is little compared to the goal of enlightenment so a lot of times we sidetrack ourselves in this kind of uh, ignorance of thinking that we are uh, special or that we are following the correct way just because that's how we feel the correct way is but that's the idea of the the three poisons of greed, hatred, and ignorance. Usually, uh, we choose the wrong thing. It's when I'm teaching Aikido or martial arts. Always when you say, please put your left hand here, almost 100% of the time, people will do the exact opposite of what I tell them to do. Because it, it's as if we mirror things. Uh, and that this is the way our mind works, right? Because our mind, as it's I stated before, Thinking is okay. Thinking helps us. 
but thinking is kind of shallow in compared to enlightenment, right? In compared to samadhi, concentration. Because thinking, we can't see into the future. We can't see even into the next day, the next hour. Very limited. And again, we're basing all of that on our conceptions or misconceptions or the three poisons. So therefore, it's very important that we follow what our teacher teaches us. And even though we may have some challenge with it, uh, it's okay to challenge. But uh, don't just ignore your teacher because you think you have the virtue of that. Because your teacher has been there before too. That's the idea of in Buddhism walking on the path together. The person who's on the path with you, especially a teacher, someone who can hold the light for you, first of all knows the way. Doesn't mean they know the whole path, but they have more experience. So therefore they can help you so you don't twist your ankle or fall out worse, fall off the side of the cliff because you tend to wander into darkness, right? So therefore, please be aware of these things. And, and in this day, take the opportunity, the time uh, to pray for our teachers, pray for our founder, uh, pray for our gurus, and uh, show our appreciation uh, because they are the light that lead us out of darkness. And that's why even on your Butsudan, why do we use candles? Not because they're pretty, because that is the symbolic nature of the Buddha's wisdom. The Buddha brought his light, his teaching. He overcame suffering. So therefore, he is the light of the world. That's what one of the many names of the Buddha is, the light of the world, that which is uh, the reflective nature, uh, removes all darkness from all corners of our mind. So therefore, that's why it's very important that we have this yearning, an affinity towards the Buddha. That's this day that we have our, we grow our affinity, we deepen our affinity with our Buddhist teachers. And again, this takes time, because time takes trust. And also, the proof is in the pudding. So therefore, you can experience the benefit. That is my hope for everybody. My hope is not that uh, you follow me forever and that all you do is listen to the Buddha. The Buddha doesn't even think that way. The Buddha just wants you, as it says, the true mind of the Buddha in chapter 16, to attain enlightenment quickly and efficiently. That's the only purpose of the teachings and practice. Okay, Not to build yourself up into something, but to release that ignorance and to find your true face, your true nature. So I hope all of you will have a great holiday today. Uh, take the time, look into the heart and mind of the Buddha, if you have a Buddha statue. Also in the Gohonzon, as I explained before, the Gohonzon contains uh, all of the Buddhas, all of the deities, all of the great teachers, gurus, and also us. So therefore, I tell people, uh, when we chant to the Gohonzon, we are meeting together in the Pure Land. So today I hope that uh, you will take the opportunity for us to meet in the Pure Land of Mount Sacred Eagle and hear and expound and practice and learn the Lotus Sutra deeply. Thank you so much again for supporting this podcast. I hope that these teachings and uh, are useful for you. And I really uh, appreciate all of you. May you attain enlightenment quickly 
and efficiently. Namu myoho renge kyo.